Hello, Javier Barrios. Hey, Fredo. How are you? Glad that you made it. I'm glad to be here. Glad that you made yeah. time because you you have an opening tonight. So uh, that's yeah. pretty <laughs> that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. So we're just talking about your your beautiful publication. I have I'm probably one of the first have it getting my hands on it now. One of the first, definitely. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. So what we were talking about before we started. Uh, I always have. I like this flying start where it's. The, um, I would think it's annoying with podcasts when they have like these kind of catchphrase mm-hmm. which comes again. It gets so annoying. It gets mm-hmm. So I will just start and go for it. Yeah. Uh, but I like to mention it's which, which it's the eighth of Dece- uh, December yeah. two thousand and seventeen mm-hmm. for people listening to two thousand and thirty seven. You know mm-hmm. that they can place us. Um, you having an opening tonight? So when this is a published, you know the opening has already been. But at Melk Melk Gallery, mm-hmm. uh, I have a, a I have a very uh, fond weakness for for Melk since they um, uh, you know they were the first in the space in Copenhagen Gata mm-hmm. where we where it started with uh, Gallery Demons Mouth with Jonathan and Minette and, uh, and uh, um, yeah and I remember walking in the first time at Melk and talking to who did I talk to anyway so I was talking and. At the time, I was working at a huge exhibition space in the Netherlands, still, mm-hmm. um, which had you know was twenty five by twenty five meters, five meter under the ceiling, and and a nightmare for any art artist because it was just a dream come true. But and Melk was such a small, tiny, tiny, manageable kind of space, and and then for some reason, a couple of years later, you know, I really and I thought, oh, if I start a gallery, I want to start it like this, big. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean. They have done a great job. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's also been really interesting to see how they have been growing over time. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they're doing great, and they're and they've been one of the artist-run spaces that's been around the longest now. I think I know, I know. It's like it's funny how that happens because some of the artist-run spaces get like immediate attention. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. but they also kind of disappear really fast. Yeah. Well, Melk, I think they kind of have you know started with a really good program, a great vision. Yeah. And they just stuck to it, and now they're just—it's paying off. And I mean, they really have a great program. They're starting to do international projects, and yeah, but because because there was just this thing that no place was seven years old or had like their jubilee, but but milk milk started like five years earlier than that. Yeah, right. Right. They started probably two thousand and. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. maybe nine I remember <clears throat> you know the first time I went oh. to visit, visit them in the studio it's like they've actually been running for a few years and I really <laughs> felt bad it's like this has been going on and I didn't know about it it's yeah. like I kind of feel, felt ashamed yeah yeah but uh, yeah you know it's uh... no, they, and they have a nice space now there um, uh, what's the street called there past um, uh Alexander Schellens mm-hmm. Plus. Yeah, it's... Um, it's a street name. Valdemar Transgata. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's really, I really like... Uh, when I came there last, uh, I was just popping in there and no, nobody was in the... Because uh, what, what's the ne- guy's names again? From the... So you have uh, Bezat. Bezat, yeah. And you have uh, Christian. Yeah. And you have uh, Bjarne. Yeah. 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 And, and But they started just... Bezat and Bjarne started it. And Kristen came um, with. Could be, it could I be. Th- I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. At least, uh, yeah, I was talking to Bjarne the first time I walked into Milk. Yeah. Milk, uh, that was uh, Bjarne, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, but now Bezat was there, but but he wasn't there. He was at the upholster, <laughs> upholster like upstairs, mm -hmm. right? Talking because they have this funny like front street street space which is tiny as a like a bookstore exactly, like a display yeah. thing yeah and then like around the corner you got the big space yeah and, uh, yeah i kind of like that about galleries you can enter a gallery in the city and it's like a total transformation yeah. it's like it you know the, the way they build in the gallery or the the, the way everything is set up it's like a time travel yeah. because suddenly you can feel like you're in berlin or new yeah. york and you're like basically like a whole different place uh, yeah I kind of felt the same way with the, the old location they had. Yeah, Melt because yeah, because that was a weird one too. Because mm -hmm. that was, uh, it was partly the studio and where was that again? Because uh, I always there was with that space, it, mm -hmm. it, it it slipped always out of your mind. Yeah, because yeah. it was it was so oddly located and it, and since they don't run like a, a super regular schedule, exactly. You know, yeah. So they, I think they were doing like six exhibitions a year or something, yeah. and that's you know that's. Or even less, I think. Maybe and you had to four. walk through storage, I think. Yeah, and go yeah, to the second yeah, yeah. floor. It's like finding, you know, and like the closet of Narnia and just enter like this beautiful, and then this beautiful space. white space. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. And I, I think I only managed to go there twice in the ultimate. There were many years there. Yeah. Were many years. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I just, I just got back from Mexico and it's also like, you know, like an illustration from how small the art world is. Yeah. And Melk had a show there. In oh, Mexico City, yeah. you know, they were showing some really great Norwegian artists uh, like Gunnar Martin Lundberg and yeah. Sandra Walker Wilson, yeah, among others. And it was just there, like, just, I just felt, you know, being far away from <laughs> home, sort of, <laughs> no. and having milk just around the corners. It was pleasant, yeah, it's super nice, yeah. yeah. But you were in Mexico City, where, uh, yeah, I was in Mexico yeah. City, yeah, because yeah. you grew up partly Mexico, partly Guatemala, and partly Norway, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right so actually my background is that i was born in mexico yeah i have a mexican father and I have a guatemalan mother yeah and i mean i really have like this strong mother character like you know my mother still has strong character she married three times so yeah yeah so the second marriage was with a norwegian so oh, yeah. but between mexico and norway we actually lived in guatemala for three years so yeah. that's where you know my first memories are from yeah because you were what, what so, age you were like Six, I was uh, five, six. almost six years old when I yeah. came to Norway. So I was living in Guatemala from three till, well, almost yeah. six. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So, yeah. Pretty amazing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so you have, that, that's really, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that must be a, really a blessing to have like this colorful memory, you know, which, which is so different than your kind of everyday life. Right? I mean, it, it is, it is, it is something I kind of, you know, learned to embrace, you know, the older I get. I mean, yeah. but it's also been challenging because you don't feel rooted anywhere. I mean, yeah. it's a blessing in the sense that you can just move around. You you know, you kind of you have that ease, you know, yeah. towards the world. You can just move around, meet people, settle down, which I also did, you know, yeah. quite a lot and when I was younger. Um, but also, you know, like, like, like the small things, just like, you know, let's say it's Sunday, you want to see your family. You, yeah. can, you take the, you know, the train for like 30 minutes and you're there. Yeah, for me it's like I have to plan it like six months in advance. <laughs> yeah, I have to, to save money, book, book tickets, book tickets, uh, yeah, and see that everybody's month. there. And yeah, yeah. yeah, so you know, it's like for me, it's been it's been normal, but also kind of felt you know the 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 distance very much, yeah. and also something about growing up, you know, being so far away from you know your family, like they kind of get their independent lives, and I get mine. Yeah. So whenever I see my family, it's like I'm 
kind of on the, on the outside. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like a very... You're the interesting kind of far off relative. Everybody I wants to talk s- to, but nobody really wants to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I would say like the weirdo that, yeah. you know, it's like not following the same rules and yeah. everything. But, but, you know, it's it's nice. It's nice. It's close and distant at the same time. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, but... Well, yeah. I experience it now because I've been ten years now in Norway, and ten years already. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. And and I also I start to feel less like a Dutch person now, exactly, because it's yeah you're you're yeah I'm more home here now than I'm yeah. in the Netherlands, and and you but do you go back often or? Well, one twice a year we try. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because the Netherlands is a bit easier to kind mm-hmm. of travel up and down, but even then it's challenging, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to, I come from a big family, so just to see everyone is always a challenge. Well, you to told me you just got back yeah. from this big family yeah, yeah, reunion, right? Yeah, yeah. How many are you? So we were 23 people just, and that's, that's just a inner family. Holy shit, that's quite big to be a European family, right? <laughs> yeah, this is big anywhere, I think. <laughs> what kind of sect are you a member of? <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, it's a patchwork family. So there's that's like, cool. uh, step siblings and stuff, and, and all of them are, you know, have kids and partners and stuff yeah. like that. So it gets pretty full pretty fast is it really intense like you're there for a few days it's just like yeah, yeah. bombarded we were there, with the family and we were there two days and, and and since everybody was there just at my parents places yeah it was just madness cool i love it yeah. yeah so you actually do this every year yeah 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 perfect yeah. and then we try to go like a bit longer in summer so we can yeah yeah also see some other people and just family yeah, yeah. perfect yeah no but so i so i recognize this kind of uh, and I grew up like you two, where mm-hmm. we moved between Germany and, and the Netherlands, and and uh, but as I, I really saw it as a blessing in the end, was because what it makes you do, you have to make your own roots, which is a lot harder. You mm-hmm. know, you you maybe not so rooted as you say, but but you you have the freedom to kind of find okay, what who am I and where are my roots? So you're not defined so much by space, and that's always a uh, that's always been an alien thing to me. Well, how people kind of create their their identity around spa- a space or a locale or mm-hmm. uh, do do you feel you kind of? Well, I, I kind of think you know the older you get, you also get more independent. Mm. So that's definitely like a important factor, like in kind of just having this more um, uh, kind of relaxed approach to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely you know something that kind of makes it easier you get more independent you choose your own path yeah and you, you kind of choose it in a more secure way yeah um while you're when you're younger you're kind of just also kind of seeking more and like you're <laughs> you know like you have like this <laughs> like this you know insecurity which is a great drive you kind of lose that as well too and yeah. you know when you get older but it's i mean it's actually a blessing too having that um but but you're kind of you know seeking more um and you have you're like basically you know um you have all these options and it's also when you're young you're kind of like well you want to choose correctly and you choose yeah, something yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, shit yeah, is, yeah, this, this, is, is this is this what the i way? choose <laughs> like, so yeah. yeah i don't know it's like you kind of get used to it mm. and also you know just i mean i must admit like you know moving back and forth for instance now you know when i get to mexico and like i'm surrounded with this whole different culture, which I also feel familiar with mm. and sort of kind of understand. And I, you know, have like kind of like an intimate, you know, relationship in a way. Mm. Um, and it's a change. It's like brutal change because yeah. all sets change like overnight. You yeah. take, you, you sit on the plane, 
you get off and it's like and a it's whole like different game. Day night. Yeah. <laughs> and I was you know, I always need like two to three days to adapt. Yeah. And just kinda of settle in and get into the mood. Uh and also happens when I get back. Yeah. Even though it's a bit tougher when I do get back here because um, you know, comparing like, you know, if I go to Guatemala, if I go to Mexico, if I go to New York or mm. where, wherever, it's uh, it's more like getting away, away from something. So definitely yeah. have like a base in Norway. Yeah, so, so your mental base still is here. It, it, yeah. it, it always is some yeah. sort of because, you know, I studied here, I have my closest friends here, I have yeah. my life here and the challenge here is like more real. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I can go to Mexico ah. and have a great time and just do That's, you know do whatever I want. But yeah, like, yeah. coming home, it's like it's serious, you know. Yeah. It's, then you have to, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you feel you're more kind of prone, like the to these undercurrents in society, where you know what society wants to expect of you, or what you kind of project. Well, yeah, I mean, for yourself, or is it? I think so, and I'm, you know, it might change if I stay like in another country long enough. Mm. That would kind of take, you know, be the main. Mm-hmm. base but like you know you know no it's kind of like yeah. that's an interesting uh, thought anyways because is it possible that you can that you can have that with two places that you you're you are kind of have that mm-hmm. base feeling you know in two places or this well, urgency know, or that kind of uh, re, re, like yeah, yeah, yeah priority or yeah it's that's an interesting question uh, my experience um, would say that you can't yeah. Because you're comparing all the time, you know. Yeah. Because you're also very conscious that you know, if I'm in another country, like you're aware that where that you're away from somewhere, yeah. you know. It could also have to do with so, like you know where do you pay your taxes, right? Well, that's real. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. probably as real as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, and you um, you probably pay your taxes in Norway and yeah. maybe a bit to the states if you've been long enough there. But even then, you know, you mm-hmm. yeah. So you have your main because that's also one thing why I I don't feel so Dutch anymore because I have nothing to do with. You know, I paid down my study loan. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, that's but do you have like a Norwegian citizenship or no, no, no. You have no. Dutch still. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's that's really no a non-issue in this case. Yeah. So, so when you travel, I mean, you use your Dutch passport. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you feel like identity-wise, like do you feel like I'm Dutch traveling out into the world, or is it like? Well, I've I've never kind of strongly identified as a. Dutch so much of course I'm a Dutch but as Mm -hmm. I said I've never put any weight to it it's just I really see it as an accidental thing Mm -hmm. it's not a bad or a good thing it's just a thing you you just you have an identity because you know otherwise it's hard to move around in the world apparently for whatever reason right but but I don't have I don't have like an emotional attachment you know not neither negative or positive it's more like a neutral approach to Mm -hmm. I would say I'm probably lying, but it's. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. if you can do that, that's amazing. I yeah. Think, yeah. So, I don't know. My experience when I travel is like, let's say I'm in Mexico. It's like because you have a Norwegian passport, or I have a Norwegian passport. Yeah. I, mean, I could also get the Guatemalan, Mexican if I wanted to. Yeah. But it's like just practical reasons. I, you know, there's really no need for that. No. But, um, you know, what I find interesting is that when you travel, it's like the um, your opposite gets. Yeah bigger hmm. you know it's like in, in the sense that i'm in mexico you know even though i'm born there i have family there i kind of understand the culture hmm. like the people there are interested in knowing about your norwegian side yes you know yes and that's weird because also like in norway i have friends which i met you know known for basically since i was a kid yeah and they're really interested about you know the mexican side the mexican of, of the side or the latin yeah. side and 
So that kind of gets, uh, you know, gets um, a lot of attention sometimes. So you yeah. can't, basically, I can't really avoid being that other part, even though yeah, I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Because I get these reminders all the time, you know. There's actually one time, you know, in my life that I felt that I avoided that. And that yeah. was in New York. Yeah, because it's such a melting pot. You know, it's, it's such so, a melting pot. They don't care. People don't, <laughs> they don't care. They don't and care that's a blessing, all. you know. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the things they care about there, it's like, okay, who are you? Yeah, what are you doing? Show me what you got. Yeah, you know, like, I, got, I, got, I got three seconds. Go. Exactly. Yeah. Pitch it in. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was like, you know, like an interesting mm. experience because suddenly the, the, you know, the focus was somewhere else. And it was also interesting in the sense because I already had like this pre, um, how do you say, like this mentality, you know, that I always have to like kind of reinforce the other side. Yeah. But I get to New York and, and I... Could- and just, people just didn't care and yeah. every time I tried to do it like well I'm Norwegian Mexican huh, I great. don't care fuck huh. you <laughs> great what do you have great good for <laughs> you yeah good for you I think is the most passive aggressive American I phrase know, I like, oh good for you <laughs> yeah. yeah well I, I've been quite a bit to Los Angeles and I felt there and what I've experienced there is that they were really kind of keen on their European heritage. So they always mm-hmm. said, oh, you're Dutch. Yeah, I, ha- I have like one-fifth uh, Dutch in me, I blah, know, blah, blah. I know. And, and, yeah. and that uh, was a, like a new thing where yeah. kind of... I wonder why, what's, why it's like that. I mean, still, I mean, they're really proud of being Americans and they're really mm-hmm. like pro-aggressive, like America. Mm-hmm. Like, even though you're, if you're like the most radical person, they still have this go-America mm-hmm. attitude because, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of raised up with it. So I would say they kind of brainwashed it, but, mm-hmm. but still, I mean, because I also had the same experience, like people want to talk about their heritage. Mm. And But I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing just to make you feel kind of welcomed or, or, or in, maybe, you know, but, yeah. but, or, or if it's really this kind of also this search for your roots, you know, like more like the deeper cultural roots where, where it's a nation of kind of people from somewhere else. Right. So, yeah. But I think it's also towards Europeans, mm. especially because yeah. I never experienced like, oh, you're Mexican. <laughs> I'm Mexican. I have like my grandmother's Mexican. I never had that experience. No. But I experienced like people saying like, you know, I was in Arizona as a kid, like visiting some friends. And yeah. they were like, oh, my great grandfather was Norwegian. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Great. For awesome. You. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you were in Mexico now, right? Because yep. you did a small residency where this publication comes from, right? Exactly. So the residency was last year, exactly a year ago, like uh, end of 2016. I yeah. stayed there for two months um, and I did the residency at Galeria Marston. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so basically did the, the, the foundation for the artist book and just started sketching, looking at images, printing them out and... Um, yeah, just kind of fooling around. I didn't have an you know, idea it was going to be a book one day, but it just kind of developed naturally. Yeah, and I saw the picture of this studio where you had all kinds of stuff on the wall and, yeah, and, yeah. and on the floor. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah, because it's a, it's a lot of... I read the press release, but mm-hmm. it was... it was, uh, it was It's too long to kind of remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I can give you the short version. Yeah. So... Basically, it's um, the starting point of the book. It's about the Anthropocene, Anthropocene, which is a suggested um, scientific 
uh, um, proposal, mm-hmm. you can say like about you know the time we're living in today, where humans have had the impact on the ecosystem and the mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. And so basically, we're living it, and it hasn't been accepted as a formal you know um, era yet. But I mean, yeah. everybody agrees on it, and. Yeah, I have here the image of the atom bomb. Exactly. Is, uh, <laughs> and basically, you know, what they're saying is like, okay, so if we're going to, you know, set a marker for when this era starts, it should yeah. be either the, the industrial re- revolution yeah, or in 1945 with the uh, successful testing of the atom bomb of Trinity just before, you know, the yeah. Americans dropped the bombs in Japan. Yeah, um, yeah. really. I think... I would, I would, if I had a say in it, I would go for that one. I would know? so too. I Just so because too. it's such a bang to start with. I know, it's such a market. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the Industrial Revolution is like, you know, this gradual kind of, mm-hmm. of course, there were like some big steps and stuff, but it's, and it's spreading, but like this boom of yeah. this atom bomb is, is yeah symbolic much more powerful and it's also so interesting to see how all the resources those put into this you know this uh, this research and yeah. how fast they actually made it yeah and i mean we're capable capable of that yeah it's yeah. scary it's so scary yeah and i think yeah but you know, we might also be very, yeah, you know, I think we're very scared of that now at the moment. We, we're getting more conservative because we go so fast that we can't even keep up well, anymore. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that the, the, the danger has been there ever since, you know, mm-hmm. but we're, we just, for us, it's just we grew into that. We were born into it. it I mean, it's like the danger is still there, has always been there. Mm-hmm. But we, for us, it's just normal daily life because that's what, you know, mm. know about it. It's, it's, it's just there around us. Mm. So we accept it in a whole different way. Mm. You know, may, many people would say like, yeah, it's there, but it's not a problem because, you know, we have people controlling it and we have like great politicians, which I think we're in the era <laughs> that, you know, proving that <laughs> we don't an, have it. It's not an argument anymore, no. <laughs> it's not an argument anymore. So, mm. you know, it's interesting. I think it's like, in many ways, we're getting aware of something of a danger that mm. has always been there mm. for us, you know, mm. especially our generation and younger generations, because mm. we grew into it. Yeah, yeah. We live in a funny world. I'm just going through the book while we talk. Mm. So I can talk you, you know, tell a bit more about the book. So yeah, basically, please. I haven't done anything about you know with the book. There's no work of mine there. No, it's a copy paste book. Um, I worked together with a great designer called uh, William Löwe Stormdahl, mm-hmm. uh, who's put a lot of energy into it. And I also have a text from a good friend of mine in Mexico called uh, Carlos Gonzalez. Yeah. And start somewhere. basically the text yeah, Carlos you know, sprung yeah. out of conversations we had, you know, we, he was interested in the same topic. Um, yeah. And it's a very short text, actually. It's a very short text. Yeah. Um, it's that. divided in, in three parts, so the text continues like in the middle of the book and yeah. at the end. Yeah. Uh, so he had, he had he had this idea of just you know writing the text about like a cyclist, like mm-hmm. he didn't use um, 
you know, he didn't end the sentences. It just continues. And it's like this wave that just comes and goes and talks about, you know, uh, human exploration. Like, it's more like a homage for humans, like looking up to the sky and developing Mm -hmm. and um, making all these beautiful inventions. Mm -hmm. And we're so good. You know, he claps ourselves in the shoulder and we're just like these amazing beings. But the truth is that the images are just the opposite because yeah. uh, every advancement there's um, there's definitely uh, you know some terror or some disaster mm. lurking behind and there's unwanted consequences uh, on all kinds of levels here exactly mm. yeah no I, uh, I I think also we as artists are are struggling with this you know because we don't have an utopian vision mm-hmm. oh, oh no uh, no I would I would challenge that actually I think we we start to we start to formulate again some kind of utopian vision mm-hmm. as a, as a collective art artist you know, mm-hmm. to, you, know, you know as the digestive system that we are but but mm-hmm. there's been a long time where there wasn't anything you know basically after probably after modernism where yeah, yeah. where there was where there was this realization okay wow one press on the bottom and we're all gone mm-hmm. you know? and and uh, mm-hmm. and just this you know, we have this immense power and this immense stupidity and and this Im- immense kind of possibility mm-hmm. and and we're squandering all of them mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, I don't think it has to be either or. I think it's just who we are, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go together. I mean, if you look at it, you know, we're, where we come from as humans, we didn't come from a sophisticated point of view. We had to really fight our way through, you know, we had to fight nature and like mm. and basically now we're destroying nature you know mm. so if you look at that we're, humans win you know like mm. at, at least as we're where we are now well so but so. but by winning we could lose as well definitely that... definitely but the thing is that nature really doesn't care about us mm. for the long run we have no chance but but i mean the small blimp where's <laughs> the small blimp this you know funny experiment mm. it's i mean it, we're really fascinating and also the fact that we can say that about us we're aware of it mm. and we're aware of we are aware of all you know the destructive forces and we can literally shoot stuff in the sky to look down and exactly. on what we destroy you know, exactly you know yeah. uh, we also have you know all these weapons to extend ourselves and we have also mm. you know the possibility to go out and conquer new planets and they kind of they're I know I kind of feel that you know the both the both drives they're dependent on each other. Like mm. we have to we're competing against ourselves. Yeah, we're destroyed, but we have to share. We have to have a plan B. We have to make sure we you know we exist. Well, so that's we have to that, get out there. Yeah. And like Elon Musk, for example, one of mm-hmm. his biggest concerns is that we have to get off the planet mm-hmm. for the survival of the species. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he's actually making it happen. He's making it happen. Yeah, which is what do you think? I mean, what's your take on this? Well, I. Uh, First of all, I think you know we're here, you know we're here more or less an experience to to figure out what it means to be alive. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm either we stay as a as a species in what kind of form we evolve into something else. It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. the great thing in in <laughs> in our reality we have to deal with it. You know, even though even when you fly or something, you know, this is the reality we deal with. Mm-hmm. It's the same argument if there's life after death. It doesn't matter because you have still have to deal with this consciousness. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And with this, within this consciousness, we have a, a certain time span you know, mm-hmm. until our consciousness either moves on or disappears or whatever it does, mm-hmm. right? 
and that's interesting and but in a way it doesn't matter what happens in that in that in that period mm -hmm. you know and uh, uh, because it doesn't matter then you can choose you know and that choice is is i think very essential that we can choose to either improve our lives or to destroy our lives and and that bell is you know what you say there's 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 always both of them ha mm -hmm. happening at the same time you know you destroy as much as you create or you create more than you destroy or you destroy more than you create you know either either mm -hmm. all these kind of you know, that whole scale mm -hmm. goes back and forward and but the sum of all this kind of creates some kind of uh you know, some some kind of improvement of consciousness mm -hmm. you know or improvement of 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 like the the, the mm -hmm. singularity or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it and and what it means to to run around on this uh, definitely world. i mean I, I totally agree with you you know what you're saying about improving consciousness mm -hmm. i think humans definitely are getting more conscious more mm -hmm. smarter and more, more sophisticated mm -hmm. i mean i'm just putting out the, putting it out there let's say you know like in 100 years thousand years you know mm -hmm. like we actually still around this planet mm -hmm. or another planet and mm -hmm. this consciousness you know gets the chance to evolve yeah i mean i think we can be at you know being in a really great place like well, intellectually and sophistication i mean well, think because a, think a million years for example you know what imagine yeah yeah i mean because it's basically like a i think it's like a new tool for us basically like mm -hmm. using you know the, the intellectual part and not only like the muscles and the mm -hmm. tools to survive but now it's like yeah, yeah. Well, I was, you know, like, uh, I have a big problem with duality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds so stupid or pretentious or both, but, mm -hmm. but it is, you know, uh, we are so programmed to think in either or, you know, or black and white, good and bad and all these things. And, and, you know, like this, this idea that you can hold like several view, views of point in your head at the same time you know as i think really uh, is going to be quite important for our survival oh definitely, you know, where, definitely yeah where you see that the world is getting more complex you you can't get away with these simplifications of, of reality you mm -hmm. know and you and you I, I actually do believe you can embrace kind of the complexity and um the uh you know the weirdness of it all yeah and but there's an irony in that too because actually you know if you, you if you look at technology mm. i mean much of the aim is to make our lives easier mm. and more simple mm. i don't say that technology is simple i think it's super complicated and i mean it takes a lot of resources to mm. make that technology but 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 like the outcome i mean it's about having the most simple daily life yeah possible yeah right well I was I always believe, you know, like I think we can. Uh, uh, I do believe in a, in a world where you can improve to such a point that you all can have a quality of life, like the highest quality of life. Mm -hmm. you know? And and I do believe the highest quality of life uh, life lies in in being able to create, mm -hmm. you know? not necessarily as a visual artist, because you know at that point. The idea mm -hmm. of the artist disappears mm -hmm. because everybody becomes a, a, a creator mm -hmm. or, or like a mm -hmm. and and like because if you look at your life now how much time and energy is just kind of wasted in kind of maintaining some some uh, some mm -hmm. existence mm -hmm. you know to kind of an existence that society accepts an existence 
where you can have some room mm-hmm. to to do this kind of you know to be you mm-hmm. to figure out who who you are to uh, and we as artists are pretty lucky because we we carve out like this small area where I can do that but even even we i mean mm-hmm. how much of your time really goes to 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 that part of the but a part of the expression you know mm-hmm. most of it goes like you know logistics mm-hmm. uh, you know getting your finances in order and getting to um yeah and going to meetings uh, doing a podcast you know all yeah. these kind of things you know which well i kind of think like you know um i think you know like a small amount actually goes to making the real work like actually you know carving mm-hmm. it out or like mm-hmm. making and molding it or whatever but but i think no but i also mean the thinking process the thinking yeah, process yeah, or yeah. The, the the starting process i, I mean that also exactly and no, i think that's you know most of the time i think yeah. you're yeah. i mean I, i can only ask for myself but i think that, you know if i'm not making a work i definitely think about making it mm. or planning but, it. but often you have to do that separate uh, like uh, what, uh, what i actually uh, catch myself on often is that i you have to do that simultaneously while you do other stuff you know? yeah yeah for sure while you take care of your family mm-hmm. while you while you have to do you know whatever mm-hmm. your taxes or, mm-hmm. or whatnot and so yeah i almost have to split your brain where kind of you you know mm-hmm. this this creative expression kind of mm-hmm. just keeps on going no matter what happens you know mm-hmm. like a drummer work you know having mm-hmm. one beat with the right hand and another yeah, exactly. beat with the left hand yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's part of the process though don't you think like yeah. i mean it's Well, but we're in a lucky situation, you know, mm-hmm. like most people, they're so squeezed in mentally or, or, or financially or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, from, from whatever oppressive system that they don't have room to develop or to, to, to get to a space like that. Oh, for sure. You know? I'm sure it's a privilege. I mean, it's a privilege being able to work with art. Yeah. But it, it, it yeah. in my, in my opinion, it shouldn't be. Yeah. It should be. You know, it should be available for everyone and uh-huh. that and that has to do with kind of the you know the and i think we'll get over this you know because it's uh, it isn't a development of consciousness and you know we're still you know since we still think in this black and white and stuff and i own something so you cannot own it and and mm-hmm. and uh, you're from there so you're not allowed to do this here or or all these kind of constructions we make all these financial constructions all these kind of space restrictions mm-hmm. yeah and uh, uh that some people you know who who kind of understand that system can thrive like like crazy and others who just miss kind of one kind of key part to kind of mm-hmm. crack that mm-hmm. code are completely mm-hmm. completely lost or yeah no. yeah you know, and and well now maybe we're going a bit too too uh, <laughs> holistic here but no no but uh, no i think it's interesting what you're saying but also you know it also depends on how you measure things you know mm. because if you if you're thinking about like uh, you know the art world mm. for instance uh, from a commercial point of view mm. you have that you know you have a system which tells you who are successful and who are not mm. you know if that's your measurement of course i mean of course if you want to get to the top you have to have the resource to get to the top mm. But also, you, you can also talk about it from um, intellectual, you know, capital in a way, mm. or, or you know, and, uh, you know, and if you do that, you, I kind of think 
you know, the, the, the game changes, the, the rules changes. And then from there, I think you can be on a more equal level without the artists and well, like other the way I was organized now is that you have the academic side you know which mm-hmm. which kind of lose you know, kind of distance itself a bit from the financial or from the economic side you know, mm-hmm. and then you got the economic side but you have a huge amount of numbers who don't fall in either or you know first mm-hmm. of all because they don't have access they don't have interest they don't mm-hmm. have, have the thing and so, so I would even go further because I, I, I agree with you because mm-hmm. because um, I think these systems can be very destructive. Very interesting too mm-hmm. you know, to uh, to explore and to see because you know, there's great questions and great kind of things in that too. But but uh, uh, yeah, it's a very limited way of of measuring success in that I'm, sense. I kind of think you know, money is a simple tool. Money mm-hmm. is really simple. Money is something that everybody can understand and measure with. Well, in, in, in its um, core, it's an exchange of energy. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, what about the value of, you know, interesting ideas or mm. interesting projects? Or, you know, you wouldn't have a Elon Musk, even though if he was born a billionaire, mm. and if he didn't have the ideas, he would never be able to do the things they're doing today. And, they're, and that applies to so many people with great ideas, you know. Mm. The, so basically, you know, I think money ends up as being a tool for, you know, greatness maybe, hopefully. Mm. Mm. But it's not a necessity to, you know, for the part of creation. No, it could be in the way of motivating someone to actually, you know, mm-hmm. think about about things. You know, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, I mean, don't not having money is a great motivator too. You know, Definitely. Or, or <laughs> having no power yeah. you know, can be a great motivator. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, having no no skills is, can be a great motivator mm. too but, but I also think you know one should ask oneself like what is the end game I mean mm. is it money is it power mm. or is it what, what is your end game well you know honestly I'm going to be honest with you I, my starting point you know you know when we met at the academy I was working for galleries commercial galleries and uh-huh. I really you know that was like actually my second school or yeah. in many ways my primary school because yeah. I saw the d- dynamics uh, and you get real life feedback of, of what was but working, instantly, what wasn't. Instantly, yeah. like so that was my starting point. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the measurement for success. Yeah. But it, you know, it took me such a long time to figure out that it was also the thing that was killing my drive, you yeah. know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now I'm like in an opposite way. Like, yes, I'm trying to, you know, make things make my projects work, but the reason is because I want to make new projects. You know, it's like, so it's not about it's not about an ego thing at the end. It's not about you know me feeling valuable because I have a commercial success, which mm-hmm. I basically don't. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, my struggle is to to finding the means and the ways to create yeah the ideas. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, it's like, I never thought, you know, if I would think about it like 10 years ago, I never thought I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm like, you know, at the end, I'm just, you know, competing with myself. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a very important realization. I, I don't know when I had it, but I, I think I had something similar as well where, yeah, cause the only reason, cause, uh, what what I've been working with is systems lately quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to systemize everything that doesn't have to do with the creative, uh, with the creative work, mm-hmm. so to say. Mm-hmm. So when I get to the creative work, I can start straight away. You know, because mm-hmm. all the logistics, all the 
mm-hmm. all the system background systems are kind of automated more or less exactly you know mm-hmm. so I, you know so if i make a work you know mm-hmm. it's going to get you know i make mm-hmm. I have a system making pictures how to kind of mm-hmm. organize it mm-hmm. so it goes on the website go goes to whatever social mm-hmm. media to you know um and you know i make like a documents of sales because mm-hmm. i figured out how to do that and you know like this stuff mm-hmm. this is just one small example and like mm-hmm. Uh, the same how I structure my studio is that kind of do all these systems that kind of help you do your work instead of, so they become tools instead of kind of these things you have, oh shit I have to take care of that and mm-hmm. and and uh, because the the only thing like exhibitions come and go that's mm-hmm. just moments mm-hmm. but the really important thing is the work in the studio not is mm-hmm. the work exactly the work exactly I totally agree yeah? because that's if you don't enjoy that, if you don't, if you don't feel fulfilled or alive when you do that, uh, well, I can only advise to <laughs> change something so you yeah, get exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if you feel this way when you're creating the studio, you make it work, and once it leaves the studio, it's kind of dead. Do you have that feeling? Uh, no, I have. I have a, I have a different kind of feeling with it because, because. I really enjoy my works for yeah. some reason, and and but I can very easily let them go. Mm-hmm. And, um, but as soon as they're done, what I see, I from like the maker, I turn into the viewer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so you change position towards your work because mm-hmm. then it's done, and I, I, I'm I always have to remind myself that I made it. Exactly. Oh yeah, I made that. Exactly. Oh, right. Wow. It's, can I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I capable of that? Yeah. And and. That's also the fear. Uh, can I recreate that? Exactly. Can I, you know, yeah. That feeling or that kind of yeah. yeah. So you're already like planning the next yeah, yeah, next yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, have the, I also had this weird um, relationship to my work because I mean, while I'm making it in the studio, I feel this dialogue. I feel this presence, mm-hmm. this intimacy with the work, this challenge. I mean, it's painful. It's joyful. It's like mm-hmm. the whole specter, but. You know, once I you know finish a work and it's out of my studio, for me, it's it kind of ends there. And when I yeah. see my work in the future, I can have the same feeling like you, like oh, I did that, but I don't feel the attachment anymore. Yeah. And it's so weird because, you know, it's like the only, you know, like I don't have to put this, but like it's real for me in the making. Yeah. And after that, it's that's the only real done for yeah. I think for us artists, you know, and that's what. That's also uh, where I started investing more in into mm-hmm. that part. Okay, you know, uh, you know that's the holy part. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the showing, the exhibiting, the selling, the things—they're all nice icings on the cake. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and they're important. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, cake without icing is a bit boring. But uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, but uh, but nonetheless, you know, you know, mm-hmm. the cake needs to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, 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 you have um, your studio here in Norway, mm-hmm. but since you travel quite a bit, do you have a studio in New York? Do you have a studio? I in don't Guatemala? have any. I mean, I have an access to a studio. Where I have um, I have this um, kind of agreement, or I mean, it's not even an agreement. So it sounds so formal. It's just one of those things in life that happen with you know when you meet people and yeah. there's like this perfect match of friendship. And yeah. You know, my home is your home. Uh, we'll have, you know, I'm doing this side project called Vector with Peter yeah, yeah. Gregorio, which is, uh, he's an amazing artist and a really good friend. Uh, 
he has a studio in New York, which I use when I'm there, and he comes to Norway, Norway when he, he needs to get out of the city, just kind of yeah. live like a monk yeah, for yeah, a yeah. month or two yeah, yeah. and reload. So he's in my studio. So we have basically, you know, going back to, you know, the, that thing of, you know, what we talked about, about coming home. I kind of mm-hmm. feel that the same way when, you know, when I go to New York and work there. Yeah. So it's like my extended studio space, home space, yeah. Mm. So I did have a studio in Guatemala also for six months, but it was more like a self-made residency. Yeah. Um, also, I have, you know, I can use the studio in Mexico. So, you know, like moving around is pretty easy, actually. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, but, you know, but, but about I, giving and taking. Yeah, Basically, yeah, I, I invite, you know, the same artists to come to my studio and work, yeah. and they have come from time to time, nice. and it's pretty amazing. I like, you know, that exchange. You live together. You you kind of get back to, like, you know, the academy setting. Yeah. Where you get input, and you get, you yeah. know, you have great discussions, and you have... You get feedback. And, and you, you get, get proper fresh feedback because it's from, from the other side of the world. Exactly. Or, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty amazing. So. I I think it's like my studio is so personalized mm-hmm. and so kind of, it's such an extension of my body that I, I was mm-hmm. just reflecting it that it would be easy to, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but it would be hard mm-hmm. you know, for somebody else to find access here, mm-hmm. I think, you know. So, so. Actually, how, you know, actually it was, it has been great to see your studio. I don't know if it's the Dutch side of you, like organizing room for room for, for each project or or just the practical part of you. But I mean, it's really amazing how you have uh, each room for each, you know, vision or project you're working with. It's it's a bit accidental, actually, also, because, you know, this was the available space I could move into. And yeah. then, but it kind of, it fitted with my, my philosophy I was kind of developing when mm-hmm. I moved last year. So mm-hmm. it, but that's just accidental, and and uh, but I was just curious, kind of how do you, how uh, how do you f- how personal is your studio? And I don't mean in a negative possible, but I mean there's there's like different ways of producing, and and uh, it's really so, personal. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, do you have like big stashes of material you draw from, or you start from like an empty space each time, or? Mm, well, I would say that my studio is personal on different levels, like. On one level, it's you know the my space, you know. Well, maybe personal is the wrong word. I mean, uh-huh. uh, in 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 what way is your studio an extension of your body or from your or your or from your work? Mm. I mean, one one thing about my studio is I spend a lot of time cleaning it yeah. and organizing it, yeah. but it's part of the process. You know, it's kind of OCD. Yeah. But it's kind of the process, like the mental process of preparing the work. And like, I kind of have to have everything structured yeah. when I start. And it's a mess when I end, you know, it's yeah. like this cycle of uh, order and chaos. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. It's uh, everlasting. Um, but but also, you know, the studio is definitely the place I feel yeah. most, most comfortable, yeah. you know. It's, yeah, yeah. And I'm... Kind of cautious about it, you know, who I invite in there and yeah. who gets to work there. Yeah, yeah, of course, you have to. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but what, what? So, what is your most precious thing in your studio? It doesn't need to be value, but just to, for you personally, what's the most precious thing? Precious. You um, it could be also a system or a, or a kind of a habit or. A, um, you know, small things. Um, I have this really nice glass, which is recent. I just brought it from Mexico. I got yeah. it from, you know, for my birthday of 
my, my girlfriend gave it to me. It's like this aluminum glass and uh, mug. Yeah. Uh, or pitch, what do you call it? Pitcher. Pitcher, yeah. pitcher, yeah. yeah. So, and it's aluminum, it's black, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm drinking more water now than nice. <laughs> I did before. Just small <laughs> stuff like that, you yeah. know, like small rituals yeah. you have. Uh, for instance, you know, I come into the studio, turn on the light, and the first thing I do is like broom the whole floor. I love yeah so i don't have that in many floors to brooms yeah. here but uh, <laughs> but we really also when uh whenever you like you, you get into new space to do an exhibition mm-hmm. i it, there's like a meditative aspect to, oh, to cleaning the floor yeah uh, with a broom yeah you know? it's like the yeah. last thing you do like just yeah. cleaning up and it's ready like it's yeah i was i was thinking you know when i asked you the question i also thought what would it be and I, like the broom was one of the things yeah mm-hmm. probably you know, I have a broom which I had for more than ten years. Oh, really? Yeah. And and then when I was, you know like in the old studio, some the other fellows were kind of using it now and again, and they were using it wrong in my eyes, <laughs> <laughs> or or you know they were kind of abusing my broom. Yeah, or, or I think it's, the holy broom. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I can relate. I can relate yeah. to that quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's all all these rituals we do. Like everybody has them. I think yeah. in a way. And, um, or another it's it's also why i actually love doing studio visits yeah because you know i'm really curious how how are other people doing it like yeah. well, what, what are their rituals or how do they organize stuff and just small things i mean it's really i'm saying it again it's really a pleasure to, like seeing your studio yeah, because I'm it's like this, all these small worlds you pick into like mm-hmm. you have like three four rooms here four rooms yeah. four rooms yeah, yeah. And one is the workshop, the other one's the, the one we're sitting in now, the podcast. Yeah, and the music and computer uh-huh. and reading and yeah, thinking. The third one is movies. just a big mess. The, stacked with that is everything. Just storage. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Storage, storage, yeah. storage, yeah. Yeah. Which is um which is interesting because I I see them basically all as mental spaces. Mm-hmm. They're different mental spaces, mm-hmm. much more than and the mental space has like a physical equivalent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's also important to, because we accumulate so much as artists, right? And often we either throw it away or it goes to like a hidden storage where where you, where you forget about it. Mm-hmm. And to have like this storage in your studio where you have like where you see, okay, wow, one quarter mm-hmm. of my available space I use just to store stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the value? I mean, there's a cost of uh, of that, of course, mm-hmm. not only financially but also just mentally. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to drag that around. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but what is the value of that too? Right, having that that kind of access to, to your to your past and to your memories and to your. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's like if you think about um, unfinished projects, for instance, which mm-hmm. basically get stored. It's like unfinished ideas. Mm-hmm. I had this experience when I, you know, um, after the academy, I was traveling a bit, and so I stored everything. Yeah. And I was gone for a while, and the storage just, I came back, and the storage was just there with all, like, you know, yeah, stuff from the academy, and I took it out, I don't know, like four or five years later. Yeah. And it's, it was so interesting, because it was a time travel. Yeah. It just took me back to the same ideas, yeah. the same problems, yeah. um, the work I had instantly, yeah. you know? And I was, I was, I was there, like you know, um, and I had to take a choice. Am I, am I gonna keep this? Am I, am I gonna finish them, or am I gonna throw it away? Yeah. And basically, I just got rid of everything. Yeah. Because you know, I just felt that I was in a different place in, well, you know, artistically, and I had like other no- notions, other you know, yeah. interests. So, but what you know, by throwing it away, I also got rid of that chapter. Mm-hmm. 
from that time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have a different approach there because I'm, I, you know, when I do installations, I often destroy or reuse or, or mm-hmm. stuff like that because you can't just keep it. But, mm-hmm. but I, I destroyed one of the first pieces I made, the one I graduated with my bachelor, okay. bachelor with yeah. one of the pieces I made there. And I kept it and stored it, you know, it was in a, in a, with, with my uncle and aunt in the Netherlands in a farm somewhere on a, you know, mm-hmm. between the spiders and whatnot. And mm-hmm. eventually came here and then I had it in my studio, dragged it from one to the other. And then some day I decided to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Was it a hard decision for you? Or? No, no, no. No, no. As I said, I don't, I, I have a very kind of fluent, fluent feeling to destruction and creation. Yeah. 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 So it's uh no, but by by destroying it, I actually preserved it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I I did you know now kind of it's a it's a it's a finished memory. Mm-hmm. While 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 it's still there, it was a finished piece. But while it's still there, you know, okay, how can I show this again? And would it be good? How does it relate? You know, you have this kind of dialogue going on yeah. about yeah. what does this work mean? Uh, was it a good work? Was it a bad work? Was it a, you know was it a essential work? Was it just a yeah, and whatever it was, but but mm. but also kind of this. Uh, while it was in storage, I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have it like it etched into my my soul almost, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. so there is this. I think that power of destruction too, where you actually kind of, uh, you know, it's the ultimate finishing of a of a project. Yeah, yeah. And that goes when it's done, but uh, uh, unfinished projects. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Or picking up projects. Uh-huh. 10 years later and but I yeah you made the decision to kind of okay I'm in a different period now I don't want to kind of re readdress that period uh, but are there other projects that do come back I think I'm just having the same dialogue with myself at the end you know it's like there's a loop there for yeah. sure it's like I can't really avoid my interest or my my um, you know desires of the work I want to make or so mm-hmm. basically there's yeah I mean they're coming back it's just like different formats different forms mm-hmm. different ideas um, you know part part of it I even don't know what it is yeah. but other parts I kind of figure out so yeah I mean I, I think I'm just going to be doing yeah. something what's, what's the parts you don't oh shit <laughs> um I think it's more formal. I think it's more formal because I kind of have um, this idea of complexity yeah. in, in the work I'm making. Uh, but also... Okay, okay. Let's... I'm going to reframe that. I'm, go- I'm actually going towards more installation work yeah. now. Yeah. Mentally, I'm thinking yeah. about more installations. Also because the complexity I've been, you know, trying to grasp in my work yeah it's i feel it's, it's getting, growing out of the it's growing out of the format of the you know the painting which i've kind of been mainly focused on yeah and now it's getting more um, uh, it's taking over the space so yeah. so i'm actually really excited so i'm I, you know i just kind of decided for like the rest of this month i'm just going to finish the projects i'm working in yeah and store it Get yeah. out of you know, get rid of it. Yeah, and I'm starting fresh, uh, 2018 with installations and wow. objects and wow. everything. So, so hopefully you know that's going to solve some of the um, yeah the, questions or yeah these formal issues you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I have to reverse. I go to paintings now, and I think it's oh, really? the hardest. That's it's pain. hell. Yeah. It's hell. But it needs to be done, you know. Yeah. Have you painted out. before, like a lot of? Um, yes and no. You know, like I've. Uh, well, yes and no. I don't have the muscle memory in painting, and that's what I think is interesting because I have so much mm-hmm. muscle memory when I make stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where I can make stuff without thinking. You know, and and uh, um, you know, and and so I don't get you know I don't develop there anyway because it, you know I kind of uh, it's of of course I can still grow there but it's it's a mm-hmm. different kind of growth. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, but in painting, you know, I'm I'm like like a hopeless kid, and <laughs> it's fantastic. You know, <laughs> it's, I know it's incredible. It's gonna it's feel great. the same way. <laughs> it's great. You're like, oh shit! Yeah. You know, I just messing up. Oh, yeah. there goes another one. And yeah, and. and yeah, that that is kind of liberating, you know, where you kind yeah. of because with with um, collages are a good hybrid because they are flat and but since they have like physical layers, I can mm-hmm. understand easier when things are finished or not, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's also like the materiality is mm-hmm. is quite kind of tactile and yeah. and and physical, uh, but. Um, yeah, but I have I've developed a tremendous control there, and not a control in controlling, but a, like a, a, a skill set to mm-hmm. to play around with, and and I don't have that with painting mm-hmm. at all, which is great. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by people who identify themselves as painters. You yeah. definitely have yeah. that. I mean, I know it's kind of like an old-fashioned romantic idea, but there are some people yeah, yeah, that absolutely. are like, yeah, yeah. I'm a painter. Yeah, yeah. Never been that person at all. Yeah. You know, this is my identity. Like, this is what I do. And, yeah. and no, I, it's, it's like I think paint, I eat paint like 24-7. Yeah, is, you know, I get up in the morning, start painting for eight hours, and at the end of the day, I'm done. And then, I, you know. Yeah, no. Or whatever form they, you know. Or mm-hmm. I, no, it's, uh, I appreciate it. But I always appreciate what I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I'm always interested in what I'm not and mm-hmm. and and because uh, that's where there's a possibility of growth. Yeah, you know? and there has to be a challenge there yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sure. it's interesting that you make that move now to the to the installation. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm really excited. I mean, it's also. Um, but if if I look at your work, that I mean, that is a for me that's a very logic conclusion or a very logic direction. Is, yeah. Know, you know? yeah. Mm. I mean, it's uh, it's not a, like a new thought for me of taking that step. It's just like now I'm making it. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. doing it. It's yeah, like yeah. I feel I just turned thirty eight like yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. it's like okay, I'm I'm adult now. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. Yeah. You know, I can uh, eat as much ice cream as I want. I can also make installations. So. Yeah, uh, great. And I have like three months left. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to make the most out of it. Yeah. No, but also I have a really great setup right now because yeah. I have a. This beautiful studio at Westfossen, yeah, uh, and I'm privileged with space yeah. and you know, tall ceilings. Yeah. And if I'm gonna do it, it has to be now. It basically. has to be, yeah, because now you got the, yeah, yeah. I have no point to do miniatures in that space. No, no. not at all. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. Do you believe like the, yeah? How much does it this? Yeah, it's maybe a, a, a difficult question, but how much does the spaces you've had? had access to how much you think that kind of influenced what you produced or mm. did you find a way around around those issues i have 
only had spaces <laughs> throughout the career. If you think about it, when I think about Sith Academy, I had like the you know the biggest space. Which one you had? Uh, it was before the um, the whole building got renovated. It was uh, what today is like. The, you know, if you go down to Kyo, down the cantina, and you go like to the back room where the, there's this big space with a window towards the the waterfall. Yeah. So I had the whole thing basically with another person. Oh wow! Yeah. And I was, I was I was amazing. I mean, that was like. Actually, you know, the first time I had a big studio. Before that, in like the first year, and also in New York, I had like one square meter yeah. when I was going to the SVA. Yeah. <laughs> one square meter. Yeah, one square meter. It's like New York studio. But, um, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, so that, that was actually the first uh, big studio I had. And it was deliberating because uh, also the, the way I was working was kind of schizophrenic. I was doing many projects at the same time. Mm. And... Just like you had to divide it. I had to mm. like, okay, this area is for this project uh, mm. and so on. And I could not mix it because I would just get too confused. Yeah. And I would, at the end of the day, don't do anything. Mm. Um, so it has kind of influenced my practice in that sense. And after that, I have, you know, had my studios have been, you know, quite large. I mean, mm. so... But there's also like, you know, a challenge with that, having a big studio mm-hmm. because you have to organize your work in a whole different way. Also, like, because you have so much space, it's so easy to just crowd it with everything. It, mm-hmm. just, it gets cramped and suddenly your big studio is a small, tiny library. You, you sit in the corner just doing something. Exactly, right. So yeah. it's also... You have to be quite disciplined, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've gotten better at throwing things and yeah. organizing stuff. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, no, I had a, I had a very, I had a, like a seven hundred square meter studio at some point. Yeah. And uh, in the Netherlands, in this military base. Oh, cool. Which was cold in winter, but I loved it. Yeah. It was really good. But uh, I, you know, I, cold is good. Cold is good. Keep, keeps you going. Have to be moving. Yeah, I, I have no problem with it. But yeah. the, the the only problem was the glue had a problem with it, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> glue yeah. wouldn't dry and stuff like that. So yeah, I had one true. room which I could heat up where it could glue up, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. It needed, and, uh, yeah. And but. But it definitely had a challenge to have like a huge studio because you walk a lot and you kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, you just put stuff on the floor instead of yeah, no. having smart, you know, organizing did you Did you go up in scale with your work when you had the big studio? Did you make bigger work? Or? Uh, no, I'm actually going up in scale now. Mm-hmm. But because now I'm, I'm at a point that I have, I feel that I kind of, finally kind of gathered enough skill to kind of scale up yeah you know to to have the you know the, the control over the logistics the control over kind of materiality and mm-hmm. just working with with scale decisions yeah because if you do a big installation like uh yeah, all these choices you make are so so important but you know you can't revisit them because mm-hmm. if you revisit them that means you you know it d- doesn't mean you have to change one small thing that change that thing has to be repeated a thousand times, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. you know, or a hundred times or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, uh, there's like this engine which starts running and then, you know, it's it's very hard to stop it mm-hmm. or, or, or to steer it, you know, once it's set in motion and it, it does its own thing. And, you, you know, I always see it like you, you jump on it uh, like a wild bull and you try to, <laughs> you try to survive and, at yeah. the end, you know, yeah, yeah. that's also the thing why I enjoy installation so much because mm-hmm. you don't have control. You mm-hmm. can't, you're dependent on so many other factors that you, mm-hmm. you know, even though if you, 
you get better at kind of managing your or, or having realistic expectations of the process but but you're not in control mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so now I feel that I build up the skills and uh, and I'm still having some 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 kind of uh, systems I have to put in proper place but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then I can go cool so what are you working on right now I'm working on uh, on uh, a big um, a solo exhibition for cinnamon in Rotterdam in 2009 it's oh, amazing congrats mm. So that's that's going to be an insane project. That's, cool, cool. <laughs> you want to want to tell what you're doing? Uh-huh. Or are, do you want to talk about what you're doing, or is well, it a surprise? It's. Yeah. I hope it's gonna. It doesn't matter if it, it's gonna be surprising enough, even though you know, even though, because when I tell it, people don't believe it anyway. So okay. <laughs> you have I mean, to see it. Yeah. 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 Cool. But there's like a huge stone f- mosaic floor involved, mm-hmm. um, which I cut out myself and. There's going to be like a, a series of cages, interlocking cages, which mm-hmm. go through the whole gallery. Okay. So it's uh, and galleries about nine by three meters, one space, and it is about three and a half by five or something. Mm-hmm. So this these cages go through these, and in these cages there's going to be sculptures, and there's going to be. So I'm going to work with kind of the experience of the total, the gallery space itself, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, and but it's in in development. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I was be... looking at the work you did at No Place. And, yeah, and a couple of years. The black back. and white room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. it's. I found it really fascinating because you. I, I don't know. I just got the sense of it being very a very filmatic installation. Mm. You just converted the whole space mm. into like a movie, like a short movie or mm. something. Mm. And I, I think it was really successful. I mean, it's like it, 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 in 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 uh, for me personally in so many ways because this was the exhibition which which was the marker for me where I changed really how I produce. Because mm-hmm. I've been working for four years before that, kind of in changing my production method, mm-hmm. where where I could... Because I had the same problem with complexities. Mm-hmm. You, you had, like... I couldn't do the complexity I wanted because normally I had, like, the month before an mm-hmm. opening, I, I would build the installation. So exactly. yeah. that's it. You had that period, and, that, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have any room to kind of reflect, to mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, dissect to redo to mm-hmm. you know all these all these things you didn't mm-hmm. and plus i knew i i wouldn't keep up you know i would just burn out mm-hmm. so i i turned tried to turn it around and and i'm actually now in a position that i'm making work without having shows that i'm developing ideas without mm-hmm. but they just develop because they need to be developed mm-hmm. so there's no outside need anymore but mm-hmm. an inside mm-hmm. need. that's interesting do you but think it, do yeah. you think that's like a i mean it's your work getting better if you take away that factor, like I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. But but the thing, the great thing is, you know, it's just an, another skill in the arsenal. Because if I want to go back to the other situation, I can that because I, you know, I've, I've done that for years and yeah. I know how to manage that crisis energy, so to say. You know, because mm-hmm. there's a cr- enormous energy in that. You know, when you have to, okay, the deadline is there; it has mm-hmm. to be done, and mm-hmm. you know, you can. Because the great thing with that, you can kind of mold reality around you. You know, to be, to be, you know, you can, you can create this force to kind of, you know, push it through and all the things people want to kind of use your time up on, you mm-hmm. know, suddenly kind of mm-hmm. have to move away from, mm-hmm. because, it, you know, it becomes so important. And that's also the real challenge with the other way, kind of how do you, how do you create that urgency or that priority, you know, towards other things? And, and you know, that's still a thing, I'm a challenge I'm, I'm working on, but it's... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, if you go into installation, you'll find you'll, you'll find uh, how to ride the beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. That's uh, well. So, I mean, your challenges are good. You, if you think about it, when you graduate, you kind of okay. You, have, yeah, you know nothing. You know nothing, and you're thrown out in the cold, cruel world, and how yeah. to figure shit out. Um, you have to, but you know, it's it's like after a while, you also kind of get this uh, pattern, like this way of working, this way of being, this way of, mm. um, you know, making art, and you also you you can also you know lose the some input. Mm. I mean, it's not it's there, but it's not as um, easily given to you as you know mm. as when you're a student. Mm. So. You know, well, you have to, to you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. So you know, the idea of challenging yourself mm. all the time is just the, another way of keep growing. Yeah, yeah. and and not the being dependent on outside motivation, but really see, okay, why am I an artist? Why why what do I need to mm-hmm. say? Why why am I saying this? And and uh, yeah, I think that's a I think it's a very powerful way of mm-hmm. of, of doing things. Yeah, and um, very hard too. So it's not a it's an easy path, but. Yeah. And it's not for everyone. I mean, you know, that's also a thing I realized. You no, know, one strategy isn't better than the other. You, know, you just have to find a strategy cocktail that works best for you, and and mm-hmm. and and just try to stick with it and see if you know. And but also, over time, reflect if if uh, you know if the choices you made or the decisions you make or the projection you had were actually correct, or mm-hmm. if if you're just drifting away so yeah. you can readjust oh right? definitely i mean you have to take those checkings from mm. time to time and also like you know figure out what's working what's not working yeah. what's the thing that worked least for you at some point oh you kind of you know like the i say uh, uh yeah where you where you kind of yeah you were like oh <laughs> oh i don't know there's so many of them mm. uh, are you thinking like career-wise or just in general or not just just make let's let's keep it at making because career career is, yeah. is is maybe not so interesting but just yeah. make it I, I don't know it's like i kind of have this attitude that you know if you get an idea and you're willing to you know test it out it should also probably be shown that i mean i could mm. like not have shown like 30% of the shit I've made or 40, 50, I don't know. It's like, you never know. It's like, you know, you're always taking those risks and they're essential. It's like I've never been, you know, like a very calculated person mm. and would say I'm kind of more passionate. Mm. And when I get an idea, it's like I don't necessarily run them through all the filters of like, it does this, you know, relate to the previous work or is it the yeah, right direction yeah. i just do it sometimes and yeah. that's you know that's kind of my way to to feel independent yeah. and feel um that i'm in control mm-hmm. um which i think you know it's interesting you know important as well you know? but i'm really interested because I'm, I'm trying to reflect that in my own practices yeah you have all these hidden rules you know these un, un, untold rules how to make work oh i'm not al- allowed to use that material because you know i'm not oh i can't do that because you yeah. know you, so have, you have that voice in your head do like, you have like, you, yeah. you have that too i guess i think right? everybody has yeah. it but i would be interested uh, what what would, what would be like could you could you name one of the a couple of those kind of where you where you feel like where you c- catch yourself basically saying oh 
I don't do that because. Well, I think. I mean, I think in art making, there's always a risk. I mean, there's always doubt. There's always this notion that it's wrong. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're, I, I don't think artists are, you know, created to be happy persons in that <laughs> sense. I mean, we're actually making it quite difficult for ourselves, but it's also, you know, your challenge is your personal challenge to, to, you know, kind of maybe listen to that voice, but also go beyond that. Mm. Uh, for instance, it's, I mean, if you think about, you know, art making, when are you really satisfied? What does that even mean? Mm. You know, do you do you ever get to that point where you're like, you actually made the work you thought about? Mm. I mean, technically, I think you can get to a certain level. No, like, but you, you can create a work where you say, oh, wow, that turned out better than I expected or anything. But that's also how I always see it. Just That's just a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next day, you have no feeling with the same thing. You exactly. Know? And, and, exactly. Uh, and, uh, well, I certainly learned to kind of basically experience it, but really mm-hmm. don't consider it. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of that mm-hmm. feeling towards your work. But uh, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm tr- and I think it's a that's why I ask. I think it's a very tricky thing. Tricky thing with you know all these kind of undefinable things of what you believe you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. You know how do you pick out your materials? How do mm-hmm. you pick out your subjects? How do you pick out you know like like I have these strange things that I well I don't I hardly ever have figures in my mm-hmm. work. I mean the only figures are the kind of viewers who walk into my installations. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a reason for that because I I don't want to deal with narratives. Mm-hmm. You know I don't want to deal with concepts. Mm-hmm. You know I want to I want to have the work be itself. Mm-hmm. Just but that's you know as much a lie or a construct as anything else, right? Exactly. So. Yeah. so so the real inquest- interesting question might be, okay, why am I staying away from narratives? And is that, you know, is that like a, uh, let's say like an artistic strategic reason? You know, mm-hmm. you, you've seen other people do that, so you, you, you go that way, or you, mm-hmm. you know, some of your peers, you, you look up to, oh, they do, they do that, oh, I mm-hmm. want to explore that as well, or, mm-hmm. or um, I, I don't mean, have these answers, but... Uh, I think the worst thing you can do as an artist is try to force yourself in a direction that doesn't feel natural to you, or at least that there's you know there's no interest in like mm. uh, exploring. I mean, if you do that, I mean, I think you kind of are starting in the wrong path. Yeah. Well, I, I, so, I have an example. I like to use like really kitschy materials, mm-hmm. right? Shiny, sparkly, and all this kind of stuff, which mm-hmm. is you know almost crafty kind of materials yeah, yeah. and and you know like they use in the, in the kindergarten and and what I, I love this stuff and you know uh, I, I talk with my girl quite a bit and she she hates that stuff you know yeah. and she really likes the more the, the, the yeah. and that's and that for me uh you know and i feel guilty using it <laughs> you know but that's also why i use it because i say yeah you know yeah. i you know it is kitschy or cliche or whatever, but I, I like to walk that line. Yeah, but as does well, it but does, does it work, serve your work? I mean, does it like? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, it, yeah. maybe, maybe. Because I think that's a more interesting question. Like, yeah. what does it do to the work? Instead of is it accepted right now? Like, you know, trends come and go. Yeah, but this, the, like, you know, there's there's trends come and go, but there's also like, yeah, well, yeah, but you get the bigger trends also, kind of who who could kind of outlive you, you mm-hmm. know, and then maybe in. 
three thousand years they think oh glitter that's the that's the shit well, glitter is the thing that's gonna that's you know shit, never you gonna know? go away yeah, there's that's like the shit <laughs> exactly all organic materials gonna disappear except <laughs> glitter yeah except that's glitter like, it's still there look yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. know i kind of been using some kitchen materials too and i kind of know i'm aware that it's you know it's probably like not the most acceptable material but also, it justifies the work. It has mm. a meaning. The, the material I've been using, for for instance, you know, the, the cutout series I've been working on, I, I'm using this holographic foil in the back of the cutout. So I kind of cut out on, on painted mylar. So the painting is on the mylar on the back side, and I cut out the, the wireframes, mm. all these small squares so you can see. So they're hollow, so you can see, you know, uh, through. You, you cut them out by hand? Or? By hand, yeah, yeah. with... Um, and it's really really tedious work yeah. why don't you use a laser because uh, the imperfections is part of the expression it's but you uh, can program it in the laser um well, i actually never thought of that <laughs> because i the thing i actually you know like about that series is that it's striving for perfection but it's not yeah basically you know if you actually take a closer look mm. you'll see the old imperfections and that's part of the expression yeah. as well as the foil I'm using behind, which is like the kitchen part, you know, which yeah. is, it's a holographic foil, foil when you, you know, when you move the colors change. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a diachrome. Yeah. Exactly. I've been using it quite a bit too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're on the same level here. It's one of my you know favorite materials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So fascinating. But it's yeah. like, for me, it's, it's a reference, you know, yeah. for me, it's a reference to technology, to movement, to yeah. development. So, so it's there and you know, the paintings, like the painting part, it's more organic. So it's mm -hmm. like the struggle, mm. you know, the organic towards the synthetic, uh, natural towards control. Mm. So it's all there. And it, I know it's super kitchen. Mm. And, you know, when I exhibit them, like many new age people approach me like they, they, yeah. they think I'm part of their group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just kind of want to like, yeah, you're one of us. You're come one of here. Us, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, and so yeah. it's interesting. But, yeah. No, I, I, but I, uh, you know, there's, what what I use these materials for, I like their seductive qualities. Mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. I think, I, I really like when art is seductive, you know, because, um, and you see it in all society, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Why are we on our phone? Because it's so bloody seductive, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, and we don't pay attention if it's not mm -hmm. seductive, mm -hmm. you know? So... If if art want to survive, you know we have to seduce the people to engage. Mm -hmm. Once you got them in, you know you can you can start conditioning them, or you kind of try explain, hey, this is actually the world you enter now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You thought you were entering just your desire, but you know your desire got you to this place. And mm -hmm. and who are you when you come out of here? You know, and 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 I like I like that kind of train of thoughts. And th that's often why I use mm -hmm. it. You know and. But it starts also with seducing myself because mm -hmm. I'm very kind of aware of this seduction in myself also where I see these, you know, often kitchen materials or, or mm -hmm. and, but and so that's one, one side. And the other side is also, you know, the, the non-narrative side or the non-conceptual side is that, uh, you know, what I said at the start of the podcast, I, I hate these jingles where you can have this repetitive things and and it probably works on like a branding kind of way because people recognize it yeah, they can exactly. feel, feel comfortable yeah, they feel yeah. secure but but i just think it's annoying i just get bored with it you yeah know? and and everybody i think does and i mean could you could, would you be able to do the the one thing through your whole career 
I mean, let's say let's say you actually made you know the the work that you know kind of works and mm. it's accepted like broadly. And could you like just continue the same path? I mean, because like also you well, know when Seattle well, work, there's a lot of challenge there. I mean, I see all your collages. There's so much material. There's so much. Mm. So they're a pain layers. in the ass to make the exactly right pain in the ass. exactly they're not uh, well i i always believe in uh, not in the either or you mm-hmm. know because because if you have a series which is successful and you you enjoy making you know it's maybe not at the end you know like, like at the height of your creative capacity but if you can keep on making that as a sidetrack you know and that kind of funds basically all this other stuff mm-hmm. i'm fine with that you yeah. know i, I yeah. I'm in, in that sense. I, I really believe in a more pragmatic approach, you know? yeah. and because because I'm very suspicious against this 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 myth mm-hmm. you know, of like this this ever searching artist, and and because it, often you shoot yourself in the foot that way, you know, Cause you think mm-hmm. you're you know often you're wrong. You went a couple of wrong directions, and and because of that, you lost all your kind of uh, um, your momentum, so to say. But that momentum is kind of build up external factors, though. But nonetheless, no, not entirely, not entirely. It, it's built on an external factors in relation with the energy you you create. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of abruptly end that energy, you know, you have to start that up again. Well, when it's running, you can, you know, either slow it down a bit, speed it up again, but you don't have to start the engine again. And and I think that's that's a, on the in the long run, and you know. We're talking about age. I start to think about the long run now as well. It's like, you know, I think that's a healthier approach. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you just have several channels mm-hmm. you work with. You know, and so in my my case, I make I make this edition work, these digital collages, mm-hmm. which are which are a bit more playful, a bit more quicker, mm-hmm. a bit more more, uh, and also visual spectacular in, mm-hmm. in a way. You know, mm-hmm. because and I, I I love making them, and they're very hard to make too. So I, you know I. I maybe do like two or three at a time, and then I I wait a half a year or a year again before I make another yeah. series. So, yeah. yeah, but but and then I make the collages, which is another kind of branch. And I do the installation, and I do the sculptures. I think actually sculptures is the hardest thing. It's really the hardest thing. I have sculptures I've been working on for ten years. Yeah, wow. I'm still not satisfied yeah. with them. Yeah, and they're talking about unfinished work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I love that. I love that you're still working on them. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I can't let them go, and and yeah, I might, I should have maybe do like you, where you just gonna get rid of it all and yeah, just maybe start not. I mean, maybe, maybe the sculptures also for you, it's like this mental thing that you have mm. to, you know, they have to be there. They have to mm. remind you of something. They have mm. to, yeah. you know, you have to figure it out. I mean, it's because that's the kind of relationship I'm talking about. You know, as we were talking about earlier about going to the studio, this dialogue. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not only about you know making the work or like the material part of it. It's what also what the work is you know saying to you. Like mm-hmm. you know the idea you're trying to put on it. It's kind of reflecting back, and it's like also like this yeah, challenge. Like you said, yeah. But yeah. it kind of is. You know, it's like it's challenging to write back. Like, will you be able to, you know, um, create or you know transmit the idea you had originally mm-hmm. back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth. It's like. It's like a boxing game. Either you win or the work wins, yeah. or you both, or both and, uh, just go knock out, yeah. knock out, like on the floor. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes yeah. that happens too, you know. Yeah. So maybe you know, maybe you're like on the you know, yeah. seventh round with the sculpture. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. These these long kind of 
these long conversations you have with work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's really yeah. So I, I I do believe like this. Um, yeah, not the either or, mm-hmm. you know, but really, hey, if there's yeah, because because you operate on so many different le- different levels often, you know, and mm-hmm. and. Look, in my opinion, I really think it's a it's a healthy way to kind of accept them for what they are, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 nurture them as they are, you know. And then, if you wanna, you know, if you want something more, you can start a new channel. You, know? you can start a new way where you explore it, like you doing now with where you say that you want to start doing installation work and more more yeah. object work, etc. Mm-hmm. Right, which is a new channel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exclude the other one. You know, maybe like. Logistically, it does maybe for a year or two or three, yeah. yeah. But then suddenly, you know, they start merging. They mm-hmm. start kind of operating next to each other. They kind of, you know, switch, mm-hmm. you know, whatever frequency mm-hmm. that works. And mm-hmm. and maybe what you said, you do that because a new question arises, which you can't mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. explore in the in the in kind of the, the rhythms you have have at hand. Mm-hmm. Well. In my case, I don't actually, you know, I don't know if I'm like expanding or just creating like the walls for the paintings, <laughs> you know, maybe well, a combination, but we'll see. I mean, because I'm definitely going to include also the paintings in that mm-hmm. work. So the dialogues there is not like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, you know, like starting something completely new. It's like, you know, um, uh, it's continuing like, mm-hmm. something that was already there. Yeah, but it, it is a reformulation of, of, mm-hmm. of questions you can't do in the way you're doing now, because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, you wouldn't have... Mm-hmm set out uh, to do to move in that direction and, and i think because yeah I, I like what you said earlier so where you say hey yeah like the the themes or the kind of interest they follow you anyways you know you can't yeah. escape them yeah? yeah but you can kind of look at look at them from different point point of view and different mm-hmm. angles and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. you know and and uh, like approaching it like in a new medium or a new kind of area you know, that you know how do you get to these these fascinations and these kind of loops or things mm-hmm. how do you get back to there again and and yeah you actually make a step there yeah mm. yeah I'm really excited about that it's that you know sometimes you know when you start new projects or new things they just don't work out and they just die in the middle or they, uh, sometimes you go through or they work out and afterwards you said oh I wish they wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> I wish yeah. they wouldn't yeah yeah. No, but it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a it's a big big row of failings we do, and that's a, it's good. Yeah, failure is yeah. probably the most important part of this process here. Mm. I think mm. that you know, it's not as yeah. And that's uh, to, to go also back to the and I say the the measurements of uh, we use you know like if you if you look at economic success or 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 like success in general you know. It's a very limiting thing because it, it will look at the things that worked out, mm-hmm. which are maybe not the most interesting parts, you know. And mm-hmm. so, so you value you value one side of the process higher than the other, and mm-hmm. and and in that a lot goes lost, mm-hmm. you know, because in that there's oh this is good great I want to give you a lot of money for it, which is a great movement, but but it it loses oh wow this one worked out that one didn't work out that's interesting why yeah, doesn't why you know because yeah. Because in in that in that dia- in the, in that kind of situation, a dialogue can arise. You know, yeah. well in 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 the in the case of the the success work, like a, a conversation can emerge, but not so much a dialogue. 
It can, you know, it can be a dialogue between other works and so on, but still it's more a conversation than a dialogue. And yeah, yeah. like this dialogue where you, where you share opposing views, you know, because a failure and a, and a success, you know, there are opposing views, you yeah. know, and, and, and that dialogue is quite interesting. Yeah. You know? And, but it's also, it also depends how deep you want to dig. I mean, one thing is like, you know, let's say going to an exhibition and seeing something that's, you know, nice to look at and interesting to look at or has gives you like this visual pleasure but you also kind of you know you kind of get jaded over time because you see so much art also you have mm. the access to you know mm. to so much art daily i'm i'm sure I'm, I'm looking at like i don't know like maybe 200 pieces of work each day just on mm. my news feed mm. uh i mean everything kind of it's laid out to, for you to get bored mm. Because you're so overexposed and it's like, I've seen this before, I've seen this before. And mm. there's something about the human mind that, you know, if you've done something many times before, you kind of yeah. lose interest, right? Yeah. But with art, it's kind of different because, I mean, you also kind of develop with it because you have like the visual aspect and you also mm. have the content. Mm. And that's something I'm kind of being, you know, um, appreciating, appreciating way more. Like you can actually go see a piece of art that looks like shit or just uninteresting mm. but the concept behind it can be so mm. rewarding and interesting and you can just emerge into that piece or that work and suddenly you, you, you know you can live from the gallery with you know you kind of feel a bit more enlightened or more mm. you know a bit smarter or more clueless mm. maybe i don't mm -hmm. know so I, I think that's you know like the real power of it yeah at the end, you know yeah. well there's absolutely something to say for that I, i'm always i've always emerged myself with like this this like bombardment of imagery yeah you know uh, i remember even as a high school kid i went to the library just grabbed like art books and just flipped through them mm -hmm. so one minute poop over something and then i saw all van gogh's yeah and I, you know and uh, uh, uh you know but but having this overload till you're really kind of saturated you know because something help happens in that saturation and and most people stop before the pain threshold you know but you should if you go through that you know it's like training you know mm -hmm. i really see this training mm -hmm. you know where you especially we're you know we're, we're visual artists you know so it's it's like because uh, um, that that when you were saying like i got 200 new works in my news feed right this is and it's not about enjoying it's not about seeing what's good or bad it's just about kind of practicing training you know mm -hmm. just working out mm -hmm. Nothing more than working out, right? And working out isn't pleasurable, you know, until you're over with it. You know, you went through the pain, you mm -hmm. you filled your hour, and you go out and you feel better. Yeah, that's the reward. Yeah, you feel better because you, you know, you you pushed yourself somewhere, and this and and I do believe you can do that visually too, where you kind of you know you get this bombardment of imagery. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's and you, hmm. it's you, definitely like. A blessing being able to have this access but it's also a bit numbing sometimes yeah. you know and i'm just reading this article about millennials yeah they yeah. are bored out of the minds <laughs> no they have you know uh they have a problem with doing stuff mm. which i kind of find interesting because mm. if one should think that they actually have all the resources to yeah. do whatever yeah, and yeah. all the knowledge and information but they're actually kind of numbed yeah you know well the, the, you know like running a podcast like this you know 
if you did a really successful podcast in the world, there's people in 50 plus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and why is that? Because they, you know, they know how to do shit still. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah. but also to start a podcast, I mean, it was surprisingly easy. Mm-hmm. Like really. Mm-hmm. And it's such a powerful tool. You know, you kind of, uh, you know, I'm creating this huge archive of, of interesting people. I know, you know? It's, it's amazing. I really love and your it, podcast. And it well. grows and grows and every year, like six, seven, and uh, come, you know, yeah. are added to it. And which doesn't sound a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, I've been at it since 2013 already. I kind of think you're yeah. filling a gap here. I mean, you're like pioneering something well, in, in the visual yeah. arts, definitely. Yeah, you know? for sure. Because I've been listening to podcasts since at least 2010. And I started with woodworking podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was, you know, I had a big interest in, in you know, working with with uh, with wood and and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just kind of immersed yeah. myself. And then I found, you know, then the comedians, you know, the rise of the comedians came. You know, where they started podcast, which yeah. you know, they're the perfect people to do that. You know, yeah. it was almost. And they're also the them. perfect transmitters. I'm listening a lot of to you know to science podcasts. Like yeah. that's what I I kind of listen like two three a day. Yeah, they, they're they're coming up now and they're getting better and better. They're getting better, but they always have a comedian with them. Yeah, which I find it you know find interesting because okay, so you have like this simplified you know um, information. Yeah, you know, but by some really great smart yeah, but, person but they also need a comedian to make it you know to, to point them out how, how how silly they are yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. no, so. very important and and but um at least in norway i'm the only artist mm-hmm. who has like this artist conversation like like you know the conversation we normally have in our studios yeah, it's right pretty amazing uh, i know uh, what bianco is is trying to launch one now okay. and they, they're working on it but uh but it's very i mean yeah i'm pretty much on my own Perfect. Yeah, which is great for me so far. Yeah. But you know, still have maybe you're plowing new territory. Yeah, here. yeah. I still I only have like hundred yeah. listeners uh, <laughs> per <laughs> episode good. or something. But it's uh, you know, as I said, I never, I really, I've done it on my own premises. And what I said uh, mm-hmm. before we started podcast, you know, I, I started it because I wanted to have this conversation, and suddenly mm-hmm. you know I got a kid and think you know everybody was busy and and. If you put a microphone in some uh, in front of somebody's face, mm-hmm. they sit still for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and have a real conversation. How yeah. often does that happen? Yeah, that's never happens. You know? yeah. yeah, we haven't looked at our phones once. We, mm-hmm. you know, we we talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that was something that was just suddenly missing because you know, like, yeah, uh, I didn't have that that room to maneuver mm-hmm. in that much anymore, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, and but also to kind of to share ideas and to stay fresh and to kind of you know to to just yeah grow and and build up this huge archive mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, you're enjoying it too I can yeah, tell it's, it's, yeah. it's, I, I must it's, say I was really surprised when I got in here I thought you were gonna be like you know, on your iPhone like yeah, yeah, asking no. questions and we would just walk around in the studio but it's like this is a great setup you have yeah. like real equipment you have like these beautiful comfy chairs yeah. No, but that, that, that was kind of like I, I, in, I invested properly at the start because I had this, I had a stipend, so I could use the money from that uh-huh. for. So I, I bought good microphones, I bought a reasonable recorder, I bought good uh-huh. headphones, and uh-huh. just so yeah, so it's, and that that really kind of helped. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you, uh, yeah. Well, I can see this growing, and I also can see that you know it's going to be like a reference, like, yeah. you know, in ten years, yeah. just like. Um, 
uh, somehow like you know Andre Gali, the Gali yeah. blood. Yeah, fantastic. It's I funny was... how that you know he was like you know going to all the openings, taking pictures, just documenting. Yeah. And like ten years later, it's like a reference because yeah. people use that like, like an archival yeah. you know, tool. Yeah. Today, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I kind of think you know I kind of see the value of the podcast yeah. being no and and but first of all it's enjoyable it's yeah. super fun so yeah. I wish I could do it often, but that's also the thing I said. I do it as often as I do. Yeah. You know, there's no. Uh, at some pro- point, I thought I do tw- twice a month, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a chance to do yeah. that, right? So I, and that's to really let it go as it go, mm-hmm. and kind of really have that freedom that is so powerful, mm-hmm. and and that also seeps into other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because if you realize, oh yeah, if I do exactly what I need to do, mm-hmm. it's gonna be alright. Yeah. Yeah. And because as soon as I'm gonna do it as as other others expected, or if it's you know, it gets corrupted. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's gonna become work. Hmm. Well, well, can be enjoyable too. Sure, sure. Yeah, work is not a bad thing, but it's uh, we can choose. I would. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, is there is there anything you? Uh, you want to add? So you have an opening tonight. That that will be up. Tonight, that yeah. will be up for just a couple of days, right? It's more like a stunt. Like a, basically, I'm really grateful that Mel said yes to do this project mm-hmm. because you know, um, you know, they they were really positive from the start. Um, so I was thinking, you know, like the book launch is one thing, but also put up a small exhibition. Yeah, that's um, you know related to the. Sh- the sh- you know the, the the book basically it's just like a continuation or yeah more visual continuation and yeah you know I'm really excited for tonight it's, yeah. it's always like this you know have this mixed feelings about an opening yeah. I, if I could choose I would probably not be present <laughs> not go to my openings but yeah. rather go somewhere else yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. but it's also you know at the, you know it's like as you said like you know working out you put the effort and at the end it's just so rewarding yeah. uh, you get feedback and yeah. you know you get to meet people nice nice yeah. um uh, so how do people get hold of your book well you know after the after well the actually you know it's first come first served uh, i'm giving them away yeah basically I didn't, that's I, generous well, I wanted to get out there basically, yeah. so uh, I, I I printed hundred. I yeah. have, um, but that's not a lot, no. It's not a lot, no. and I always I only managed to bring fifty with me in, yeah. suit, in the suitcase because I also you know did all the framing in Mexico, so basically yeah. had like the whole exhibition in, like, in two suitcases. suitcases. Nice. So yeah. and you know books yeah. are heavy, so yeah. I, I had a limitation there. But I think I have like I don't know at least thirty five to give away yeah. today. Yeah. And also, if, you know, somebody should be interested. I can always resend, so you know, send them later. Yeah, they just contact you through your website. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Also, I'm gonna yeah. you know put out visuals on my website, so if you want to check it out, and also yeah. the you know Carlos text, which is I think it's a yeah. beautiful piece. It's it's gonna be on the website, so you nice. can read it. Then. Yeah. yeah, cool. So, I'll I'll put a link in the in perfect the, uh, the show notes as, as well. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Cool. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Super pleasurable. Um, uh, yeah. So, looking forward to tonight and then, uh, yeah. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Later. <laughs>